Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. I expect them to express interest in Zach Levine, but he's making almost $40 million. And so to total the salaries, to reach that amount in a trade, guys like D'Angelo Russell, Rui Hachimura, they are not both trade eligible till mid-January. And so... The Bulls, I'm sure, would covet Austin Reeves in any potential Zach Levine trade. We're back with more Gabe Ramirez and Clay Harbor on Sports Radio 670 The Score and the free Odyssey app. Seems like it is inevitable uh, lately that Zach Levine will, at some point during the season, move on from being a Chicago Bull and end up somewhere. The question really is, where you know, I, I one of the text messages Clay came in and it was like, Hey, you remember when I told you they got to get rid of Zach and blow the whole thing up? What do you got to say about that now? And I was like, Well, here's what I have to say is that it's sad, it's sad that it's gotten to this point. It's sad that you know, Zach Levine got his money, yeah, and then tried to is trying to work his way out of Chicago instead of being like, you know, taking the like, I don't know, Giannis approach, put, put the yeah. city on my back, and I want to be here, I want to grow here. And yeah, that's the part that's the saddest part for me yeah. is yep. that he hasn't had that mindset. He hasn't, and, and, you know, watching yesterday's game, to me it felt like he was he was kind of checked out, and, he, and he, it's getting to the point where he's almost not playing, playing hard. You know what's funny about Zach Levine is I, he, he popped up on this video, and this is completely off topic, yeah, so I'm, I, so I, I, I apologize you. for this. I'm but, a professional. I'll, I'll reel this back in somehow. Yeah, but he's, you know, he's got like what? It's like $250 million contract, right? Something like that, $40 million a year, like yeah, Charles yeah. said. And he's talking about, you know – athletes and how he's, they got to be careful with their family and stuff asking for money and i'm like yeah i'm like with it and he's like yeah like I, you'll have friends that ask you for a thousand dollars or you know maybe your your brother asks you for a couple grand here and it's like you know i go bruh <laughs> you you ain't if you're an nfl player making a million a year that turns into five hundred thousand, i completely right. agree you got to be careful you are making two hundred you are making a, a quarter of a you got, billion. You got new balance money. One hundred million dollars. <laughs> right, like, right. bro, you can give away a thousand dollars. Like, I can give away a penny as a dude that you know, if NFL player yeah. makes ten million. I heard saying. I heard saying he's he's Clay Harbor. He's tight. Uh, and so, if you want a couple thousand from him, just hit him up on on Twitter, or social media. That was not I'm, the moral of the story. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is six seventy to score. Times. I got you. And uh, we get to talk to our next guest about. Zach Levine, not his money, but more so uh, where that money might be headed. Uh, he is the NBA writer for CBSSports.com, 
And he's just all around a good guy, man. I remember talking to him from before, Colin Ward-Henninger. Colin, welcome back to the show. Thank you. I'm just enjoying sitting back and listening to you guys talk about Zach Levine. This is awesome. <laughs> oh, trust me. Stick around for the rest of the hour. I could do it all day, Colin. Um, but but the fact of the matter is, I mean, something that Clay just said is is that, you know, it does seem that Zach Levine is a bit checked out. You've seen him passive in the first quarters lately. Shot selection has been a bit worse. His numbers are down uh, from last year. Um, and, you know, he, he, he knows, just like I'm sure the majority of us do, that the Bulls aren't going to be uh, – Chicago isn't going to be home for him uh, for the next couple of years. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty clear that he wants out. It's pretty clear that the Bulls want him out. The latest report is that, that trading Levine is basically their main focal point right now. Obviously, the Bulls have a couple of other players that people might be interested in, DeMar DeRozan and particularly Alex Caruso, who would fit on a lot of contenders. Uh, as of now, it seems like uh, the front office is saying, let's let's deal Zach Levine, let's figure that out, and then we'll see what we have. So the problem is, I mean, you guys all hit on it. Like, he's making a ton of money. And he's basically at this point in his career a one-way player. So it's, it's yeah. hard to find a contender who is willing to pay that much money for a guy who is going to be, you know, on a, on a championship team. Maybe you're number three. I mean, maybe number two if he really starts to buy in on the defensive end. But paying that much money for a number three in, in this climate, this economic climate in the NBA, with the penalties that come with paying those high salaries, is going to be a hard thing to find. And I think this might have an effect on Zach Levine. This is a stat I heard today, Gabe. Mm-hmm. Bull Zach Levine has the worst career winning percentage in the NBA among active players. Vooch is fourth worst on the list, but Levine has won just 36% of his games, minimum 500 games I mean, he was played. with Minnesota for a while, so you know you got to look deep into that stat. And then the Bulls, you know, when he first got to the team, they, they you know didn't have – I'm making excuses for him. It's fine. He's just not winning games. You're a superstar player. You know, you're supposed to be able to help your team win games. If you're better than the player across from you, if you're playing defense, you're playing offense, Zach Levine is not winning games, and that's something that. the Bulls should have taken into account. Obviously, I, I'm, I was a Zach Levine fan. The guy can fill it up. The guy can shoot. You know, he can score. He can take it to the basket, but he's not winning games. So, is there anyone else? on this Bulls roster that's being coveted by other teams? Is DeRozan, Patrick Williams, Vooch? I think DeRozan and Vooch are the players that Bulls fans can see walking away. Do you see that as something that's possible? Uh, It's going to be tough. I mean, I would say out of those two, DeRozan is is the more attractive player. Getting a a big center who's not a rim protector, even though he can shoot, it it still doesn't really fit the mold of a lot of these teams. And if you're going to bring in – uh, a guy who's, you know, you need to average 23, 24 points just to be able to justify his place on the court. A, a contender probably isn't the place for him. Uh, DeRozan is a guy who I'm sure a, a lot of contenders would like, um, and he's on that expired contract, so that's, a, a, you yeah. know, pretty attractive. Uh, but really the guy, I mentioned him earlier, is Alex Caruso, and that's yeah. that's who every every contender wants. And, and I think that's the guy who, I mean, it's going to be crazy to think about, but he might actually fetch a, a more attractive package than, than Zach Levine when you factor in the money, which is pretty crazy. 
Um, but, uh, you know, Caruso's a guy you can just plug in on any team. Uh, he's still playing a little bit better offensively this year, but obviously you're getting him for his defensive capabilities, a playoff player. Uh, you see it in the playoffs every year. You can't have guys who are one-way players. They'll, they'll attack you over and over and over defensively. So uh, that's why guys like Levine, even DeRozan at times, and Vucevic are, are going to be hard to put on a playoff contender. And then if you look at the teams who are rebuilding, they don't want older players who, who are established. So, it, it, again, it's just a very difficult climate to find homes for these guys. Talking to Colin Ward-Henninger from CBS Sports here on 670. The score, I'm Gabe Ramirez, along with nine-year NFL vet Clay Harbor. You know, you have seen Alex Caruso pulling the trigger a little quicker than he has in most years. Uh, clearly Playing trying well. to showcase that, you know, he can hit that three and knock it down. I look at the Bulls team and, you know, I feel like watching DeMar DeRozan play is like you, 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 you're watching a guy at the tail end of his career for the last couple where, you know, he had that rejuvenated year where he wanted to prove to people that he was still good first year with the Bulls. Then, you know, last year you saw some sort of regression. And then this year it's almost like father time has finally caught up with DeMar DeRozan's game where the mid-range isn't falling as, as, as it once was. You know, the, the elevation, as if he does get to the cup, is not as high. He's not getting the calls the same way. And I think that that is something that's also contributed to just the lack of success from the Chicago Bulls. Colin, when you look at, you know, where the Bulls are at, and obviously, you know, everybody talks about the inefficiency of the big three. But, like, try to look at it specifically. Like, what do you feel like has happened, like, this season where I, I pointed to the deterioration in play of DeMar DeRozan? You know, what what else would you attribute to – like why this thing just didn't get out to a hot start. Yeah, I think all the things you're saying are correct, uh, particularly with DeRozan. You see this with older players, particularly a guy who is, you know, made his money in the mid-range. It's it's just simply not efficient enough. Even though he's a tremendous mid-range shooter, you need to be able to shoot threes if you're going to be a perimeter player uh, in the NBA. And I know that's a little simplistic, but unless you are just elite of the elite, in terms of mid-range, you have to step out and be able to knock down threes. So that's really what this Bulls team has been missing, right? I mean, I'm not telling you guys anything new. They're they're putting up more threes, but they're shooting not very well on them. And Zach Levine is a, is a great shooter, uh, but he needs to be able to, to be set up to knock down catch-and-shoot threes. And I don't know on that team who's really able to put their head down, get into the paint, make the defense move, so then you can kick out and get these wide open threes. It's usually just a little my your turn, my turn uh, with their you know quote unquote big three, uh, just kind of taking turns to see who who can who can get to the basket or who can who can knock down a jumper. So um, it's really depressing, and I think it's starting to to yeah. weigh on the Bulls. Like like these guys aren't bad players individually, but when you're playing together with the same guys over and over, and you just keep losing, and it's frustrating. Uh, I think that's what you're starting to see with the players, in addition to the deterioration of their skills I think just mentally it's hard to buy in uh, and play hard on defense and you know cut hard and come off screens the right way when you know you're going to lose it's just a very difficult situation for them right yeah. now. yeah to me it was crazy they thought that bringing in Javon Carter and Torrey Craig was going to make this team magically go from a, a team that's losing in the in the play-in game to a team that's going to actually go somewhere in the playoffs that's our big that's our big idea. So obviously I didn't think that was gonna work. And unfortunately, I was right. So if you're Mark Eversley, right, and you gotta fix the Bulls, what are you doing? Well, I mean, what's your first move? You gotta fix the Bulls. You're Mark Eversley, you're the GM of the Bulls, they hand you the so, keys. Yeah. What are you doing? Him and AK, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> first of all, I'm, I'm starting my letter of resignation. I'm just going to get it typed out, <laughs> wow. ready to go. Just in, case, just in case I need to hit send, um, just going to get it ready. But, yeah, oh, I man. mean, you have to get rid of Levine, right? That That's yeah. the key. Um, what are you going to get for him? You need to get some draft picks, uh, hopefully some young players. Um, so the ideal return for him, I would say, would not be – uh, a player who you think can help you right now. I think yeah. you're looking at, at younger players. Yeah, you need to depressing. obviously match the salary, but let's try to get some some older veterans on, on either expiring deals or with maybe two years left just so that you can kind of start to get those guys out. Um, once you get rid of Levine, then you can see what you have. You have, obviously have Vucevic for a couple more years. Uh, he's not a bad player to have on a rebuilding team, so I, I wouldn't mind keeping him around. Uh, but ultimately, DeRozan, if you can trade him, great. Otherwise, he's walking for nothing. So I would say try to get something for him. Uh, but mostly, if I'm the Bulls, you, you just have to look in the mirror uh, and realize that you are not going to be a competitor anytime soon. So you need to, to just kind of start from scratch. The experiment, it, it worked for like, what, 20 games? It looked pretty cool. And then it, it just it ended up not working. So instead of doubling down and, and really trying to add to this roster, I think it's time to just, you know, let everybody's favorite phrase, blow it up. Yeah, we're talking to Colin Ward-Henniger from CBS Sports here on 670. The score, the, the biggest issue for that, Colin, is like you look at the talent that's coming out in the draft, and not only this year but the next, and you're like, damn, what a terrible time to want to blow it up and start all over knowing that, you know, you're not necessarily going to have a franchise-altering talent at the top of the draft board, you know, to get you there. But I think for me as a fan, there comes a point. Like, Colin, what's your favorite basketball team to watch? Like, obviously you cover everybody, but, like, favorite team? I grew up in L.A., so I'm a Lakers oh, okay. guy. Yeah, see, so, like, you know, I think there, there, there came a point in Lakerdom, you know, before LeBron got there and all that, where you were like, damn, I just want to watch something different. Like, I don't care what they do, right? Like, just give me something different to watch. And I think that's where the majority of the fans in, in Chicago are at, including myself, where I did want this thing to work out. I did, you know, want them to build around one of the stars, specifically Zach Levine. But at this point, it's just like, give me something different to watch because the NBA is fun, right? There's a lot of talent out there, a lot of young teams out there with really good players. And it seems as though the, the Bulls just – are on the other side of the youth movement and just the direction that the NBA is headed in. It's interesting you say that because I'm thinking the same thing. I'm out in the Bay Area, so I'm thinking the same thing about the Warriors right now where it's, it's I mean, these are obviously players who have won championships, so it's different than the Bulls. Uh, but in terms of what you're, what you're watching, it's been very similar. It's, it's the same thing over and over. It's not working. It's the same players. Um, and you start to grow frustrated and you start to wonder – whether this is the right team for the modern NBA. I mean, you mentioned these teams that are fun to watch. The pace is high. Uh, it's high scoring, a ton of threes, great skills, step backs, all this stuff. Uh, and when you're watching a team that looks like they're running around in mud, that looks like they're frustrated, they're, they're banging their heads against the wall, uh, it does get frustrating as a fan. So I, I can understand uh, the, the, the hope that they would eventually – just say, look, we can't keep doing the same thing over and over. And I think that's where the Bulls are at right now, judging by all the reports. Yeah. Uh, Colin, so a little bit off topic. You went to uh, Yale for undergrad? I did. Yale so, baseball, baby. Yale baseball. I, I love that. So Clay's going to tell you how he was a seven-sport athlete in high school. I was a three-sport all-state athlete. Chess, and, um, chess, master chess player, too. He played <laughs> yeah. it in between games. But I got a quiz for you, Colin. 
There oh, is my a, goodness. There is a linebacker in the NFL who is a Yale alumni, was drafted from Yale, and right now is on pace to be all pro. Do you know who that is? Uh, can I use my computer? There was a tight end I played with. Uh, I think his name was Nate Lowry or something like that, and he, he played in the NFL. And then uh, Mike McDaniel is, uh, is a Yale football player. Oh, so, uh, Gabe, type those... in popular alumni from Yale. It is literally incredible the <laughs> amount of popular Yale. alumni. Foyer Aluakon. But Foyer Aluakon, exactly. He's a he's Jaguar, and the reason I played for the Jaguars, Colin, so mm. I know Foyer. He's a very well-liked guy down there. And just a question for you. How is playing sports in the in the Ivy League when you have all those studies to, to take care of? Well, it's, you know, sometimes players choose to prioritize sports over the studies, which may or may not have happened in my case. But, um, <laughs> no, it's difficult. I mean, I, whenever we talk about, like, college athletes and, and uh, you know, the NIL and all that stuff – I really think of how difficult it must be because I went to an Ivy League and I played I played baseball like you know one of the least watched the most least important sports and even that I mean you're waking up and going to the weight room I don't need to tell you but you know you're you're going to conditioning you're going yeah. to practice you're going to sessions like all this stuff um, and that's just for Ivy League baseball so I can't imagine if you're you know a football player at Alabama or something like that what you have to go through on a daily basis. So uh, the Ivy League does, they, they, they make some tweaks, or they, they used to. We used to play Saturday, Sunday doubleheaders each day, which were an absolute nightmare, usually cold. Uh, I was a pitcher, which is not good for me. Um, but then they only allowed us to have one midweek game. So there, there were little things like that. But I think they've started to change and try to get a little more aggressive and, and let athletes be athletes. Best perk about uh, being a Yale alum, what is it? Uh, probably just telling people that you went to Yale. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I, I do that it. all the time. I went to the Yale of the Midwest. They they say Colin. Nobody and, says um, that. Missouri Literally Missouri no State that. University. Um, you, know. you know how disrespectful it is for someone that actually went to Yale to hear that you went to the Yale of the Midwest. That's like hilarious. I love it. Hey Colin, we appreciate you hanging out with us, man. As always, got to get you back on sooner. That's what we got to do. Talk some more hoops together, man. But it was great talking with you, all right? Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me, guys. Of course. Appreciate it, Colin. Colin Ward-Henninger from CBS Sports. Make sure you follow him on Twitter. Great stuff right there. I'm surprised you've never heard of the Yale of the Midwest, I went Gabe. to the I went to the Yale of the inner city of Chicago, in UIC. You went to UIC? Yeah. Where, I didn't well, know that's where it. I graduated from. Really? I went, to, I went to SIU first. You went to Southern? Southern Illinois University Why'd first. Why'd you go to Southern instead of... Uh... UIC so start. so as a as a kid from the hood that knew nothing about college none of his parents went anything like that I let my girlfriend pick my high school no you didn't I went to Lane Tech and I was like hey wherever you want to go I wanted to be a dentist because my, my I knew a dentist and I was like I didn't know anything about college and I was like yeah I want to be a dentist too so just find somewhere that has my major and your major what was your major it was pre-dentistry initially what'd you end up graduating with a double major in economics and behavioral communication Damn, you're a nerd huh I went to Lane Tech. Major. I love I love math. I love school. I love learning. Yeah, Gabe yeah. Ramirez makes sense, man. It's starting. To, it's all yeah. starting. To, the the, the picture is starting to clear. I used to work at H and R Block. I used to do people's taxes. <laughs> I worked in finance for five no, years. You, no, you didn't. Absolutely. Wow. I used to. 
down the hall, all these radio people. I used to. I've helped so many of these radio people out with their taxes over the last. I'm gonna have to get some 10, help. years that I've been here with my tax. I'm finishing up here, business here. school, so well, I'm gonna this, need some help with my and homework. You, that's right. You're doing your masters right now. But yeah. how many conversations that we had about real estate and how informed am I about that stuff? You you know your stuff. That's I what mean, I'm this saying. guy's got. He's got that business mind. It makes sense. I used to work in finance, like I said. So I'm, all, I'm all about every that day, stuff. man. All right, uh, you're gonna learn something new about the Chicago Bears on the other side, uh, and that is. What we think the record will be for the last handful of games that they have. Don't say it now. Don't say it now. We're going to say it now. This is a tease. It's called Got You Right There. Undefeated. <laughs> All right. 312-644-6767. I'm Gabe Ramirez. He's nine-year NFL vet, Clay Harbor. We got Alex Kuhlman in the phones producing today. So if you call in right now, I want to know what you think the record will be for the last six games for the Bears after the bye week. I'm curious. 312 644 67, 67, and then Clay's going to tell us what it's like for an NFLer during the bye week. We'll do both of those on the other side, but make sure you guys call in so we can get your uh, get your record at the end. All right, it's Gabe Ramirez and Clay, and Clay Harbor here on 670. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Score. Let's get back to more Gabe Ramirez and Clay Harbor on Sports Radio 670 The Score. And always live on the free Odyssey app. They pack the paint, so to speak. Um, you know, some of their coverages are, you know, where it's three deep and they got, you know, two guys in the middle. You know, so really the open open spots on a lot of those are the perimeter. And you certainly can hit some side high, high side pockets on those, which we did with DJ. Um, a couple of times, you know, but, uh, you know, certainly they, they, they give those things away. You know, you just got to do a real good job of spitting the ball out there, you know, blocking well on the perimeter, which we did at times. You know, you saw DJ get a couple of nice runs there uh, towards our bench. Uh, there was a couple of times, uh, but that's where, really where you can take advantage of it. Gabe Ramirez, along with Clay Harbor, nine-year NFL vet, just heard from Coach Eberflus talking about the Bears, and we're going to find out what it's like to be an NFL player during bye week. How crazy do you go? How much money do you blow? Uh, we'll talk to Clay and ask him that question. Uh, but Bears on the bye week. Bears got six games left. What do you think uh, the record's going to be? At, let me tell you, that's, that's before you jump in because I already know your answer. So <laughs> Bears take on the Detroit Lions. <laughs> oh, five games left. Sorry. Five games left. The Detroit Lions. Cleveland Browns with P.J. Walker or Joe Flacco. Arizona and a, a playoff-trying Atlanta team and a playoff-trying Green Bay team. At, at the beginning of the season, you thought that three-game stretch at the end was going to be a cakewalk. 
you yeah. thought, man, that's three. Might Bears might be able to, you know, whatever the record could be, sneak in the playoffs with this last three wins. But last five games, what you got, Clay? I mean, these are winnable games. You look at it, you, you, the Lions. Tell me they shouldn't have won that game. They and sh- and the Lions. They shouldn't have won that game. They should have won that game. Three interceptions, that probably never, like, that's just not Jared Goff. So it's like lucky. They, they forced lucky. three interceptions. They had the ball with the chance to, to put the game away. True. Some bad calls. Obviously, maybe even if you block them up, you make the, the offensive coordinator right. Should have beat the Lions in Detroit. The Lions playing in Dome. They're a soft team. Now they come to Chicago in the element. It's going to be cold. It's going to be rainy. They're used to being nice and warm and comfortable in that Dome of theirs. I'm taking the Bears. And you got the Cardinals. Kyler Murray, this team is is not good. Yeah, they're not good. The quarterback is still dangerous, and that's that's the thing. But then you got to land in Green Bay. So what do you got? What you got? I'm Green curious. Bay, okay, that's going to be a tough one. Then the Browns, great defense. Joe Flacco is going to need a wheelchair to get out on the field. <laughs> so they get the Falcons after that, and obviously they're back at Devin, Devin Ritter after moving Desmond, on from yep. him. Desmond Ritter, I'm sorry. So I'll take the Bears with the last five games. I'm gonna say they're gonna go three and two. Okay. I'm gonna say three and two. Okay, three and two is not last bad. half full, Gabe. Let's go. Uh, let's see here. Uh, let's go to the phones because I want to hear what other people think. Let's go to Mike out in Rockford. Mike, before you talk about the defense, tell me how many wins you think the Bears are gonna have out of these last five games. You know, it's all up to what Luke Getzky, Luke Getzky is willing to let. Justin Fields do with the offense. I think the the defense is doing well under Eberflus, even after you know debacle with the uh, defensive coordinator. So let's let him fly, open it up. You know, I don't get these wide receiver you know screens and stuff like that. He's trying to do it's 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 not really helping Justin Fields. I hear you. Thanks for the call, Mike. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, we've been talking about that a lot today, you know, but yeah. I'm going to give you my prediction, Clay. Yeah. I think, let's see here. I think that five games left, if they can get two, I think they're going to get two victories. I just think Green Bay is going to come out on fire. I think Atlanta's going to be playing, motivated, you know. I think Cleveland's defense is going to be a problem. Detroit is good. Arizona, you know, they're going to want to get one more win. I think two wins is going to be right where they're at. I don't know. All right. I'm going three, Gabe, and I think – and he he brought up a good point. You know, let Justin – I know we've been talking about let Justin Fields loose, but they're so worried about just sneaking out a win here, there, looking like they can play, saving their job, showing they can win games and maybe save the gig. If they lose to Detroit, that's the thing. It's going to be a downhill, like it's going to be a snowball effect where the, where the negative negativity, it's going to be hard, man. It's going to be hard. Well, here's the thing. Detroit, a team you should have beat, they're the team that's winning the division, Gabe. Right. And, and we're talking about can Justin Fields, he should have won that game. Okay. That's the best team in the division. All right. He, play, he outplayed Jared Goff. He had a heck of a game running the ball and but, throwing the but, ball. But remember, Flu said he got to be consistent, right? That's what he's looking for in these last five games, six games at the time. And and hopefully he can be consistent and be better than than Jerry Goff again. And that's what we're we're chatting about. It's Gabe Ramirez, along with nine year NFL vet Clay Harbor taking some phone calls. How many wins do you think the Bears are gonna have out of the last five games? Three one two 
644-6767. Uh, Clay, I got to give a, a quick little shout out. Yeah. You know, uh, you've met, have you met Pito before? I think you met, no, 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 you haven't met Pito before. One of my, one of my best friends and you know, he's out with his daughter D and they're celebrating her 16th birthday. No way. I know. 16th birthday. 16th birthday. I, she's, I remember her when she was so little. And now when you're 16, you're like, and she's, you know, grown woman, you know, very smart, very intelligent. Always known her to be very respectful. Yeah. And uh, so they're making their ways. They, they, they did some, whatever, some fancy sushi stuff that her dad took her to. Now they're headed to, I love that. to get some, uh, get some birthday, birthday love somewhere else. Get some but, ice cream. Jenny's ice cream. No, no it's got to be way better than that. Come on, stop it. You um, don't like Jenny's? I mean, it's cool, but that's not where I'm going on my birthday. Okay. Where would you go on your birthday? I know where you're going. My favorite bakery for uh, for Thanksgiving, I brought the family. If you're in Chicago, West Loop, West Town area, it's called Aya, A-Y-A. Great cakes, pies, pastries in the morning, Aya Bakery. And if you're in, like, Logan Square, Wicker Park area, I'd go to Mindy's. But those two bakeries, I'd go and I'd get a cake there and I'd just eat the whole thing. I went to Roser's Bakery today, which is like a staple in Humble Park. Yeah, right I've heard Avenue of that one. I've never been. So I went there. I got a haircut today. I go go next door. They had like buy one, get one free loaves of bread. So I had to buy one of those. And then they had this half of a cake for five bucks because somebody didn't want it. So they, so they just had it right there. And it was like a pineapple buttercream. And I was like, bro, I'm buying it. this. Five bucks? Hell yeah, I bought that. That's what it is. I should have brought it to Delani and gave it to her, her father to... Make sing a cake, but I'm, but I'm sure that she wanted something a little bit special today. But the thing is this, is I just want to say in closing, hey, man, happy birthday. Yeah. I know you got a couple more years left. Your father loves you dearly. Um, he always shares pictures with us. He always shares your journey with us. And, you know, I just want you to know that, that you are loved not only by your dad, but by, you know, his extensions that feel out myself, Martin, Jesse, the whole three room, two crew. We love seeing you grow. We love seeing you become the woman that you are, and uh, and your your parents do a great job. So so does Jen. I know Jen keeps you on the straight and narrow. So a uh, happy birthday to you, Vito. I love you, Lonnie. Love you, uh, and enjoy the rest of your day. All right, we're gonna take a break. Damn, I uh, teared up a little bit right it. there. Get out man. Of here, Can bro. we get us some violin music? I think your brother's on the phone. I think your brother's on the phone. What do you mean? I think your brother's on the phone. He's on the phone line. Yeah, we're gonna talk to him after the break. Well, let's not. Speak, keeping it, keeping it in the family. <laughs> Say, let's not. Let's All not. right. 312 644 Taking some more calls on the Bears and maybe or maybe not talking to Corey's brother on the other side. It's 670 The Score. My name is Clay. Oh, excuse me. Clay's brother on the other side. It's 670 The Score. Let's get back to more Gabe Ramirez and Clay Harbor on Sports Radio 670 The Score. And always live on the free Odyssey app. This show has gone by extremely fast today. Mm-hmm. Like probably the fastest show we've ever done. It Bro, seems so like. And we only had, you know, a couple of guests, which is odd, but it's Gabe Ramirez. It's nine-year NFL vet Clay Harbor hanging out on 670 The Score. Got about uh, 15 minutes left. We're going to take some calls, throw it out to you, and... I know you didn't believe me, but damn. <laughs> I told you. I said, it's your brother. You, he loves you. That's why. He's like, why is he calling in? Because he loves you. That's why. Let's bring uh, Clay's brother, Corey, onto the show. Corey, good to talk to you again, man. Hey, Gabe. Good to talk to you as well, man. Uh, fun conversation you guys are having tonight, so I figured I'd give you a buzz. Oh, I appreciate it. Man. I really didn't think it was you, I know, to be honest, I until joking. I heard that I'm voice. Like... <laughs> but this is actually my brother, Corey Harbor, former at. Uh, 
former academic advisor at Northwestern, former academic advisor at University of Illinois. So this guy's got some local schools under his college belt, College athlete. College athlete, five-year college athlete, defensive end linebacker at the Missouri State University. So I've heard before that that's the Yale of the Midwest. It is, actually. They call it the <laughs> Yale of the Midwest. Yeah. Corey, talk to me about this Bears team and, and your yeah. thoughts on it and where yeah, they give stand us field, right now. The draft, what do you think, yeah. man? Guys, guys, guys. so I, I think there's a lot more to be currently encouraged about than, than uh, we all like to think. So, uh, you know, the Bears are two wins short of being in contention here. And those two wins, as you mentioned, Lions game, Broncos game, those games go the other direction with better coaching. Um, you know That's what, you're true, looking yeah. at a very different experience. And then on top of that, gentlemen, so I think you really in the draft, you need to look at building around fields instead of resetting the clock, drafting another quarterback, taking the coin flip option. You build around fields, you treat the draft like you treated it this year. You get the first pick, you trade back a little bit, you bring in a veteran, a guy like uh, that we brought in this year at wide receiver. Maybe you bring in a defensive counterpart to that, or you know, maybe you continue to build offensive line, whatever that is. All that say the pieces are coming together, I think it would be a big mistake for elsewhere at the QB position. Yeah, Corey, I think the issue there, right, is that there's no contingency plan, right? You're, 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 you're trying to build around the guy as if there is 100% certainty around his future success in the NFL. Yeah, man, you're, you're really rolling the dice. And when you got something serviceable, and I, and I don't even like calling field serviceable, I think he has a better chance to be more than that. You think about old Bear football, and I know people don't want to hear that in the new age football, but the Bears can get by playing that run first. Obviously, you can continue to work the ball downfield with quality receivers. So it didn't have to be super run heavy, but with a strong defense. That's your recipe. Run game, defense, good quarterback, keep the ball moving on third down because run pass option. You don't have to light the scoreboard up with 30 points every game if you're playing defense like you're currently playing. So, yeah, man, I think that's the recipe next year. And if you get some better offensive coaching in there, maybe it all comes together. So, me and Gabe have been talking about this uh, pretty much all day here. Well, at least the second half of the show, what positions would you target in the draft if you're the Bears, like what what actual positions do you think the Bears are the weakest at that they need to actually target in the draft? Yeah, I, I think uh, offensively the Bears still need some playmakers out there, man. Uh, um, I think they would still benefit from another receiver potential. Definitely the game. If you're watching the game, Roshan Johnson and Khalil Herbert are nice, but if they make a guy miss one tackle, I mean those guys are getting open field tackled. One guy, um, you get a little wiggle out there. Now you got explosive plays. Give Running field back. a little bit more help in the backfield. Yeah, I would go explosive-type running back. You bring in a – and I know Christian McCaffrey is a one in a million, but if you have some explosiveness back there to go with Fields, that's going to be a dynamic duo. Um, and then the other one defensively, I think our safeties and our, our defensive backfield have played better. But, uh, you know, on a week-to-week basis, we see our man uh, Eddie getting burnt and uh, the other guy out there in the corner. Eddie's so I think your defensive year. backfield can improve. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be tough. I think there's a lot of issues that the Bears have to fill. I guess I'm just – I'm fearful, like, there's more fear for me, Corey, about, you know, if the, if Justin Fields doesn't work out and then we're back in a, in a situation where, you know, you just, you're, you're, you're still the Bears and you have no quarterback and that continues, right, where we've seen all these other teams, you know, have success or at least be, be you know, I don't know, just, just proactive in trying to fix the situation or continuously have a solution at that position. And I think that's the part for me where, I know I can go get we, – we know that other positions are easier to replace than the quarterback position. So, given the opportunity to select someone 
at, at that mark two years in a row and, and passing up on it is, is, is extremely difficult for me. But, but like I told your brother, Clay, I said, I still want Justin there in the event that he does end up being a guy. Yeah, listen to this, Corey. What, what's the problem with that? I, you, you say it as if it's like ever yeah. wild. Yeah, Gabe, I, you know, I don't mean for the Harbor Brothers to team up on you like we used to do two-on-two basketball, and I feel bad for the competition. But on, on this one, man, I, I got to ride with my brother. Man, you cannot bring in a, a, a you know, a quarterback in training and play behind fields in in, uh, in this scenario. Um, I, I think it would be a mistake because you're not far off. The game, the Bears games, they've lost a few tight games. You bring in another player or two dynamic players with fields, that recipe, all of a sudden we're six and five, seven and four just by adding in a guy. And I know we're talking about like franchise altering QB. I, you know, I, I do believe that you can still continue to win and have a strong team, a strong quote-unquote yeah. program year to year with a fields in play instead of taking the home run shot looking for the next Patrick Mahomes or whomever I, I, hear, about. I hear I hear that but look I, I'm trying to be a winning franchise right and when I look at three organizations that that did exactly what I'm talking about I think about the San Francisco 49ers bringing in Trey Lance with uh, with uh, Jimmy G there bringing in you know, Brock Purdy or whatever I look at the Philadelphia Eagles when they had Nick Foles, Carson Wentz, whatever that was there, and they still bring in Jalen Hurts. I look at, you know, the the, the Kansas true. City Chiefs that bring in, you know, Patrick Mahomes when they still have Alex Smith. I just those are the those are winning franchises. That's actually and I am just trying to mirror whatever they are doing. They don't think it's a bad idea to do those things. And for me, I just I don't I don't think it's a bad idea either. I guess it's been done before, but typically you wouldn't want that i feel like it's more of a especially because you have two top 10 picks it's not like you're doing it on a year where you only have one pick and you're blowing it jalen hurts was a second round pick exactly those guys are second round later round. brock purdy i mean mr irrelevant uh jalen hurts i mean and so yeah if you want to go ahead and use some draft capital on a third or fourth round qb development uh, develop a guy let's do that but i I would say if you're going to use your top 10 on a QB, you know you're resetting your organization because you are in rebuild mode um, unless you're getting a guy, an Andrew Luck or a Peyton Manning coming in. And they'll, even those guys struggled in year one. So we're back to rebuild, trusting a coaching staff to develop a quarterback, which we have never seen in Chicago. I would rather have the guaranteed B option instead of shooting for an A-plus and with a chance of getting an F. You know what I mean? So. Um, let's continue to develop, guys. And I think that's where we differ. But uh, I would like to get back to a little bit more old-school Bear football, well-rounded team, play strong D. We saw the recipe. We got the W this week. Hey, the Bears win this week, guys, on Thursday uh, after the bye. Uh, excuse me, uh, coming up on next uh, next Sunday. Um, you know, what's the odds of them running the table going 9-8? and eight? I don't know about that, man. We, Gabe, Gabe has him winning two more games. You have him winning three. I so have him winning right three, there. so I don't think we're right there. But, I mean, you do bring up some valid points with the games the Bears have lost. If you win that game against the Lions, and yeah. I'm not saying they were 90% victorious. That's what they – it was like 94% chance oh, yeah. they win. And against the Broncos, right. it was like an 85% chance they win. Right. These are two games that they should have, Gabe. I agree with you. Two games they should have would put them in a much better situation. Corey, I appreciate you calling in, man, and checking in on, on little broski over here. <laughs> I'm a big brother myself, yeah, so I man. know what that is, you know. 
Hey, so. And all those oh, yeah, uh, hey, leftovers maybe. you got there. I mean, today's <laughs> probably the last day you should eat them. I know you've been smashing Turkey them all sandwiches week. with mac and cheese on yeah. and mashed potatoes on top. <laughs> yeah. All right, Corey. That's how, so funny because, yeah, no, I literally ahead. had that conversation with my wife. We still had that sweet potato from Thanksgiving, <laughs> yeah. and I made the judgment decision. That hit the garbage today, guys, so I'm on that side. Oh, smart. Once the uh, sugar starts crusting around <laughs> the sweet potatoes, you know it's time to throw those things away. All right, Corey, thanks for calling in, man. It's Gabe Ramirez. It's Clay Harbor uh, right here on 670 The Score. Clay, the Bears are in a, in a, in a tough situation, man. They're, they're in a tough situation because, you know, you look at some of the – pull up that clip because I want to ask Clay about this, uh, this thing too. Uh, you know, uh, when you're looking at what happened at the end, you saw, you know, Justin Fields, you know, hugging Eberflus and Ryan Poles picking him up. Have you ever had a moment where, you know, during your NFL career where, you know, you, 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 you had a moment with an exec where you thought everything was all good and then a couple months later, you know, something else happened? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's happened. So, so we shouldn't read too deep into the, the smile and hug from Poles and Eberflus to Justin Fields. I remember when I was playing with the Lions, the Detroit Lions, uh, we were in the playoffs, we lost to the Seattle Seahawks and I was right I was a backup tight end I had you know I had a probably about 10 to 15 snaps on offense I was actually playing a lot of fullback that year and um played core four special teams and I had a really good game like physical game and I remember Dan Quinn the uh the GM you know coming up to me before I left the building is like hey man I just want to say you really set the tone out there you know, it's like we need that guy here in the building. We're gonna we're gonna get you back here in Detroit, and um, you know, I'll be in touch with you and your agent. I'm like, dang man, I'm like, thanks. Then come around the combine. That's when you start hearing about who's gonna sign you to free agency. And I'm like, yeah, I told my agent. I go, yo, Detroit. I'm back in Detroit. Done deal. You know, talk to Dan Quinn. See That's what he has great. to say. And agent comes back. Says, yeah, I talked to Quinn. I'm like, yeah, what did he say? He said they don't want you. Uh, they're going younger. I go, man, this dude was so <laughs> jacked up about how I set the tone. Exactly what they need on this team, the special teams. And then a couple months later, they want to go young. He was jacked up, shaking, squeezing my hand, giving me a hug. Like, man, you really set the tone out. There were some huge blocks playing physical. Yeah, we're actually going younger this year, Dave. Sorry. I wish Clay the best. It's a financial decision at that point, I would assume. Yeah, right? financial decision. They don't want to pay the old guy. And my actual most awkward moment of my NFL, probably of my life, Gabe. I'll just tell you this quick story. I love this. This is before a playoff game in 2010. Philip Eagles, Michael Vick's the quarterback. Deshaun Jackson just retired today. Heck of a career, Deshaun. And uh, Jeffrey Lurie, the owner of the Philip Eagles, comes in the locker room sometimes before games. Not all the time thing. And he's walking up to the... um, you know, to the to my locker, and you can see him walking through he's the locker room. Right up to yours? No, he's no, he's walking through oh. the locker room, like giving guys hands. And I see him; he's shaking some guys' hands. He's giving some guys a pound. And when the owner comes in, everybody's kind of like at attention. You know, this is the owner. This is the guy cutting the checks. Right. All right, this guy's cutting your checks. You want to make sure you're real cool. I'm like, all right. So he comes up to my locker, Gabe. I go for the handshake. He he goes for the pound. I switch to the pound. He switches to the handshake. You're cut after that. Then I switch. This is a true story. I switch back to the handshake. He goes oh, no. to the pound. Last minute, I switch to the pound. Oh, no. He shakes my fist, my pound fist, and just shakes it. And I just, I still get, I'm still getting awkward goosebumps right now thinking about how bad that was. And I had to go out and play a game after that awkward embrace with the owner. 
and we end up losing to the Green Bay Packers. Sorry, Chicago. They end up going on that year, winning the Super Bowl. We lost by four, and the last second interception in the end zone, Michael Vick throwing the ball to Riley Cooper. Should have been going to you. Yeah. That would have been the great. All right, give me the wrap-up music, Alex, because we are up out of here. Got to thank our guests for today. Of course, in the 6 o'clock hour, we got to talk to Dave Brugler from The Athletic. Carmen Vitali from Fox Sports hung out with us in the 7. And then Colin Ward-Henninger from CBS Sports wrapped us up in the 8 o'clock hour. Got to thank our producer today, too, Alex Kuhn, for holding things down. Alex. No cut? No one says good things about me, so I don't have Mm. No, I. Alex is the guy, man. Good stuff today. Don't judge him by his last name. Alex is very proactive, like sending us the breakdown, sending us our guests. Like a lot of pressure from upper management on that stuff. Oh, got to get got to get stuff done. I know how it goes over here. Yeah, well, he's doing. He does a good job. Clay, you did a good job today, man. A great job. Thanks, man. Enjoy working with you. Look forward to the next time. Make sure you follow him on social media. Do you know my my tag? What is it? C Harbs or Clay Harbs? Clay Bachelor at No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. Stop I'm it. kidding. All right. Uh, if you want to have some uh, content to talk to your girlfriend about later today, just go look up Clay Harbs. She'll know who he is. All right, mi gente. That means my people. You included there. Hasta la próxima. That means until next time, which will be tomorrow, 6 p.m., leading you into Thursday Night Football. Mm. And then I'll be doing the morning show on Friday, so make sure you guys check me out there with Mully. I'll be filling in, all right? I am Gabe Ramirez. He is Clay Harbor, and this is Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.